0: Father, we know you want to have your way with us. You deserve to have your way with us. For you are the mighty God, Yahweh. You created us. You sustain us. You keep us. You pursue us, your goodness runs after us because you tell it to run after us because you are pursuing us. You love us so much that you've given us your very own spirit to be with us in every season that we face. So Father, we submit to your spirit right now that it may give us the faith to receive your word this morning, that it may give us the faith that after we receive your word, to believe your word this morning. Father God, also, they may give us the faith to walk and run with your word. That it may also give us the faith to share your word as you move through your church, your ecclesia, your called-out assembly. You've called us out to a symbol, to be a symbol, hallelujah, of your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your coming, King Yahshua, King Jesus. Thank you. And we look forward to your second coming. For with you comes all the glories of heaven. So, Father, be magnified right now in this time. In your Son's name, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. Those of you that are here in person, is few, but we are here. Amen. For those of you online, I don't know how many it is, but it doesn't matter. I don't care if it's one you can receive a mighty word from God this morning that can change your life. So I welcome you on behalf of Blueprint Church. I'm one of the teaching pastors here. I'm, my name is Lucius Rouser the Fourth. I'm excited to bring God's word to you this morning. One because you're right now in a space to where you're coming out of celebrating the holiday yesterday, which is supposed to magnify Jesus the Christ, and then you're heading towards. Another celebration in which we celebrate a new year, if it's God's grace that we see it, is we celebrate a new year. And every time we approach a new year, amen, we think about new goals and new desires and new aspirations. But then we also look back at those that we did not complete or fulfill. But this morning, as Brother Michel shared with you, that we are concluding our Advent series in the book of Luke And we're concluding with what is called the presentation of Yeshua or the presentation of Jesus to where Jesus is presented and consecrated unto his father, Yah, in the temple. Up to this moment, the Israelites have been waiting for the prophesied Messiah to come and deliver them from their hardship, and guess what? He came. And during this time, a supernatural conception will bring the gap between the seen and the unseen world setting the stage for the advent of the one who would destroy the works of the evil one, who would also restore God's original plan for his creation, and most importantly, offer salvation for all who believe in him. Hallelujah. He came. He came bearing great gifts. The greatest gift was his self. And the second great gift I will talk about today when we look at the life of Simeon. So please turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 35. Again, that's Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 35. And if you could, just read with me, or the words would be on the screen or on the television or the tablet, whatever it is that you're watching or engaging with us this morning. It says this in Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 32. It said, when the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Yahshua, the name given by the angel before he was conceived, and when the days of their purification according to the law of Moses was finished, they brought him Yeshua up to Jerusalem to present him, present him to the Lord, Yah, just as it was written in the law of the Lord that every firstborn male would be dedicated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And then there was a man in Jerusalem where they were whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation or comfort. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Yeshua, Jesus, to perf- perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him under his arms and he praised Yahweh and he said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, and you have prepared a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory. To your people, Israel. If you could repeat after me, say, You have a gift for your waiting. Again, repeat after me. You have a gift for your waiting. Your waiting of what? The waiting of comfort and solace in such a season of turbulence. You could be a parent or child, you can be a spouse, or you could be single. You could be a child of Yahweh or just an observer of Yahweh. You can be a citizen in this chaotic world or you could be a member of Blueprint Church no matter where you are, no matter who you are. You have been waiting and hoping for God to comfort you some way, somehow. You've been hoping that clarity and change will bring this peace that you've been searching for, but it hasn't. But I do want to tell you, you still have a gift for your waiting. What is this gift? Well, as we dive into Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 32, we'll see what this gift is. And he says this in chapter 2, verses 21, he says, When the eight days were completed for his circumcision, he was named Jesus or Yahshua, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Pause right there. He said when the eight days were completed for circumcision, it was by law that after eight days from birth that a young man would be considered. You would be circumcised eight days after your birth. So they did just as that. And then they named him same way John was named in the temple. He was here named, but the difference of John and Jesus, Jesus and his family didn't have comfort or support from a family or friends with them like John the Baptist had. Again, pushing towards to what and pointing towards to what our dear brother shared with us last week. Brother Deuce, when he said that, man, he showed us the humility, the humility of our God. Here you see him again, him and his family, all by themselves in a strange land. Doing something that they would do every time a child is born, which is to name their child. And they named him what? They named him Yahshua or Yeshua, meaning Yahweh saves or Yahweh is salvation. The very name that the angel gave them by way of the Lord. And then it says in 24, it said, And when the eight days of their purification according to the law of Moses was finished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, when they talk about the purification of days, of purification according to the law, they're talking about Mary. When a mother would have a child, it would be 33 days of uncleanness that she would walk in. And she would have to separate herself for 33 days. They would say but she would be unclean for 33 days after her birth, after the birth of that child. And then after those 33 days, she would come to the temple and she would give an offering for that uncleanness. And they said in 23, Jesus was written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So Mary and Joseph brought Jesus Christ to the temple 14 days after the 33 days of purification to Jerusalem to consecrate Yeshua unto the Lord. But get this. What, what they would do in the temple is that they would take the firstborn child and then they would dedicate the firstborn child unto the Lord, but then they would buy him back. They would redeem him back for five shekels. And those five shekels would be, would be that equivalent of like a dollar and 58 cents. Now, that looks like nothing to us, but it was a lot to them. So they would give their child unto the Lord and then they would redeem him. But what we see here is that you don't see the redeeming part taking place. Maybe because Luke just didn't want to put it in there. He didn't think it was important. Or maybe, or just maybe, he didn't need to be redeemed because he was the redeemer. So they, they sanctified or they, or they consecrated their son unto the Lord. And then as they were doing that, there was a man in Jerusalem at the same time whose name was Simeon. Now, here we go. This man, Simeon, was righteous. He was fair. They said he was devout. I mean, he was a devoted priest. Looking forward to Israel's consolation. His people, he was an Israelite, his, his people has been going through a lot of hardship and turmoil. They've been waiting for this prophesied Messiah to come and bring them to the peace and the deliverance and the liberty and the freedom they've been waiting on. Can somebody attest to being in a place where well, you're just waiting on God's consolation, his comfort? Simeon is that guy waiting for the consolation of Israel. And it says and the Holy Spirit was on him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon has been waiting on the Messiah because it was prophesied to him that he would not go in peace until he see Yahweh's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to perform for him what was customary under the law. Now, what is this gift, this gift I've been talking about? Yes, Jesus Christ is a gift that we've received from heaven, but there's another gift I see here in Simeon's life, and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. We see Simeon was, 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 was moving in by the Holy Spirit. He was, the Holy Spirit was upon him. The third person of the divine community of God was upon Simeon. The same spirit who hovered over the waters and brought order at the beginning of time was the same spirit that hovered over Mary's womb and brought fruit. And that fruit became Jesus the Christ. Simeon had the Holy Spirit upon him. But we have the Holy Spirit as well. How do we know? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 through 14 says, Now we have not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who comes from God. So that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God, we also speak these things not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. If you are believing in the follow of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit was given to you. Let me remind you again in Acts chapter two, verses 38 it said, "Peter, reply, repent, and be baptized each one of you in the name of Jesus." Christ for the forgiveness of sins and what? And you will, not you might probably, but he said you will receive the gift of the what? The Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit by faith in Christ through repentance and baptism. Now this Holy Spirit is a priceless, powerful gift given to us as we await Jesus Christ to come back. For we are just like Simeon was. We are waiting in the midst of a chaotic world, in the midst of a broken world, in the midst of a sick world, in the midst of a world filled with disease and hurt and pain and hate. We are waiting for Jesus Christ to come again to deliver us from this. But while we wait, He has given us a gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. You have a gift for your waiting. But what is the purpose of this gift? What is the purpose of this Holy Spirit? Well, there's a lot of purposes of the Holy Spirit. As we look at Simeon's life, I got about three points, three purposes that I see in this scripture for the Holy Spirit. One, the Holy Spirit is to influence us. Two, the Holy Spirit is to inform us. Three, the Holy Spirit is to instruct us. I'm going to give it to you one more time. The Holy Spirit is given to us to influence us. The Holy Spirit is given to us to inform us. The Holy Spirit is given to us to instruct us. Let's dive into it and let's see it. In verse 25, he says this. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout. And what? Looking forward to Israel's consolation. And what? And the Holy Spirit was on him. So while he's waiting on Jesus Christ to come, He's already received a gift by Yahweh, and that gift is the Holy Spirit. And it said the Holy Spirit was on him, meaning the Holy Spirit was influencing him. This Holy Spirit influences us how to respond in life. See, when life says be enraged, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, 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 be full of love. When life says be anxious, the Holy Spirit comes in and says, no, 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 be at rest and peace in Yahweh. When life says, give up, go in the towel, the Holy Spirit says, no, 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 no. Have faith. The Holy Spirit influences us on how to respond with the mind of what? Of Christ. For we don't want to uh, respond with the mind of self. For, the, for even Romans said, it, man, if you respond with the mind of self, there's death that comes with that. He said, but when you respond with the Holy Spirit, there's life and there's peace. So the Holy Spirit influenced Simeon to choose peace by faith while waiting for peace for Israel, including himself. So while Simeon was waiting for peace to come into his life, something he would see by sight, he had already received peace by faith by the Holy Spirit. What do I mean he chose peace? Well, in the midst of chaos and hardship and tension and confusion, there's an opportunity and there's a gift we have to make a choice if in that moment we're going to choose peace or we're going to choose chaos. We're going to choose peace or we're going to choose restlessness. God has given us that gift, for the peace is already in you. It's not like you're waiting for God to give it to you. If you have the Holy Spirit, peace is already with you. It's about you acknowledging that peace that's there by the Holy Spirit and then asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, rise in me with the peace that I already have. So I won't move forward in despair. You have to choose from for what you have access to when you have access to peace. In John 15, 16, verses 5 through 7, it reminds us that the Holy Spirit is a counselor. A counselor. What does a counselor do? A counselor counsels you into a place of comfort and peace. He says the Holy Spirit will counsel you. So while you're going through what you're going through, your tragedy, just sit with the Holy Spirit. Allow him to speak to you. If you just shut up your mouth for a moment, you can hear him counsel you. Sometimes we're talking too much. Sometimes my mama used to say, boy, I was just about to give you something, but you talk yourself out of the gift. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of our peace. But if we would just be quiet and allow the Holy Spirit to counsel us, he'll counsel us into a place of comfort, into a place of peace. And what I love about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit just don't minister through us. The Holy Spirit ministers to us. And that's what he was doing with Simeon. He didn't, they didn't say he showed up chaotic, like, where is, this? where is this Jesus? No, he was at peace because the Holy Spirit has been ministering to him. He has been the helper to Simeon the same way he's been a helper to us. The Holy Spirit actually has always been an advocate on our behalf. He's been an intercessor on our behalf. He's been a counselor. He ministers the fruit of the Spirit to us because it is he who is the fruit as it is of Yahweh. The Holy Spirit is the very Spirit of Yahweh. He ministers love, joy, peace, gentleness, faith, kindness, goodness, patience, and self-control. He ministers these things to us, and we only think about, God, how can I walk on those things for others when the Holy Spirit, yes, says, I want to do that, but I also want to minister these things to you. So when you don't feel love, I can be that love. When you don't feel peace, I will minister peace to you. I will minister gentleness and, and joy and kindness and goodness if we only just trust him. Not only does the Holy Spirit in, uh, influences us, but the Holy Spirit also informs us. In verses 26 it said, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death because he saw the Lord's Messiah. The Holy Spirit informs us of all truth and revelation that comes from God. And this is important, especially in a day and time where there are many voices in the land right now. There's a lot of people saying this is truth. A lot of people say this is where it is. A lot of people are giving their direction and their vision and what truth is. But if we would just listen to the Holy Spirit, He would inform us of what truth is. And He would reveal to us what God's plan is for us. I don't care if you're in school. I don't care if you're in ministry. I don't care if you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a relationship where you're trying to figure out, is this the guy or is this the dude? I don't care if you in a marriage and it's rough. The Holy Spirit is always waiting to inform you on what God's plan is for your life. And he was doing that with Simeon. Simeon didn't know. Simeon was just following the Holy Spirit. What do I go? What do I do? Whatever. He said, okay, go here. Go here. Okay, go to the temple right now. He would go. He was allowing the Holy Spirit to inform him. Now I'm encouraged by 1 Corinthians chapter 2 when it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no human heart has conceived, it says this, God has prepared these things for those who love him. Now God has revealed these things to us by what? By the Spirit, since the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Simeon was told by the Holy Spirit about the coming Messiah. Yahweh gave him revelation. And I have to say this. As a leader, and I encourage other leaders, at Blueprint and beyond, are you leading, trusting in the revelation and the truth given to you by God? And our decision-making, are we trusting the leading and the informing of the Holy Spirit? What's next for Blueprint? Are we trusting in the revelation and the truth and the guidance of the Holy Spirit for your household, father and and, and mother? Are you trusting in the information that comes by the Holy Spirit for the plans of your family, single woman or male? Are you trusting in the plan that comes by the revelation by God, by his Holy Spirit? And if you're not, I will tell you this, you're living a dangerous life. Why? Because you think it's okay for you to walk in a life like that we live in without the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God to guide you and inform you on what God's plan is for your life. Especially when the Bible says our thoughts are not His thoughts, our ways are not His ways. The Bible is showing us that we're dealing with a holy God who thinks totally different than us, who has a plan different than us. We would, we would never thought about sinning, giving up your son to live a perfect life and die for the sins of the world and he did nothing. We would never think about taking our son and having him bruised and crushed and beaten and hung up. We would never thought about that. But God, but God, why? Because he's a holy God and what he's given us is Holy Spirit. We must allow the Holy Spirit to inform us. So I encourage you, if you're a leader of your household or a leader of any ministry or a church, trust in the information that comes by the Holy Spirit, the informing of the Holy Spirit who gives you revelation of the plans of God. Three, so one, not only does he influence us, not only does he he, uh, informs us, but he also instructs us. The third purpose of the Holy Spirit is to instruct us. It said, guided by the Holy Spirit in verse 27, he, Simeon, entered the temple. Guided by the Holy Spirit, he entered the temple. How many places are you going and you're not being guided by God to? How many, how many times you just said, well, I'm just going to go and do me? And God was like, no, that ain't where I want you to go, but okay, whatever. There's grace and mercy. But he said, guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what is customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms. The Holy Spirit instructs us in the ways and the will of Yahweh. The Holy Spirit guided Simeon to the temple and showed him who Yeshua was so he can bless him. Simeon ain't never seen Jesus before, seen Yeshua before. He didn't know. He didn't have a star. God didn't say there's going to be a star. Look like at the star. He's going to be under. He's going to wear this. He's going to have a blue, you know, a uh, Scooby-Doo bonnet on. He's going to have this like, that's what you look for. He said, no, no, I said, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit led Simeon into the temple and it told him, there go Jesus. That's important. We talk about mission. We talk about evangelism. But how much, as you go out here to share the gospel with people, are you waiting on God to show you who to talk to? What to discern why you talking to them? What to focus on? What to pray for? I have to say, saints, a lot of times we do a lot of work, a lot of Christian work without the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit. Today and as we go into this new year, I would even encourage you. Put it at the top of your list. Next to giving your life to Jesus, trusting in the Holy Spirit. Letting the Holy Spirit guide you. We're trying to fight a supernatural fight from Snoop with with natural hands. It makes no sense. You and Marvel trying to fight with with natural hands, you, you're trying to fight Thanos and, 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 and all these jokers and Doctor Strange and with natural hands. It's not going to work. So imagine being here, you're trying to fight the enemy, you're trying to fight all these different things, the spiritual warfare that's coming against you, and you're just trying to use your own hands and your own ability. It would not work. This is a supernatural warfare, and you need supernatural discernment. Especially when you're guiding people. Just because your, your, your saint smiled at you and said they're okay don't mean they're okay. You can say, how you doing, sister, brother? They are be like, oh, God, it's good. They be smiling. But when, you, when you're discerning what the Holy Spirit is saying, the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 no. Don't leave yet. Ask him again. Hey, brother, sister, how, how are you doing for real? And I guarantee you they'll stop back some time and just like, and they begin to share with you what it is they've been battling and going through. But that takes discernment of the Holy Spirit. Saints, going to 2022, not even wait today, because we don't even know if that's promised to any of us in this room or any of us online, but as you today move forward, trust in the instruction of the Holy Spirit so he can give you clarity on what to do and what not to do. I love Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. When I first came to the faith, I was given the scripture, Proverbs 3, chapter. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 5, it says, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your what? Your own understanding. And in all your ways and in everything you do, in every decision you make, in every person you engage, in every opportunity that you have to speak to people, acknowledge him, go to him, submit to him, let him instruct you in what? And he will direct your path. We must allow the influence of the Holy Spirit, the informant of the Holy Spirit, and the instruction of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us from this day forth. We cannot risk any more lives, any more relationships, any more situations, no more doing it the way we want to do it. Allow him to tell you where to go, when to go, and how to go. Know that the Holy Spirit leads you. He will sometimes lead you besides still waters, but I got to tell you, sometimes he'll lead you to a wilderness. Ask Jesus. He started his ministry, and we, that's later on in this story, but he, later on in this story, he, he started his ministry, and they say he was led by the Spirit to the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil in the wilderness. And a lot of times we're looking just to be led to the promised land by the Spirit, and we're looking just to be led by the still waters, but sometimes, a lot of times, God got to lead you to the wilderness. Because it's in the wilderness that you get to know him. How are you going to know him as conqueror if he never had to conquer anything in your life? How are you going to know him as being a forgiver if he never had to give you of your sins? How would you know him as a healer if you've never been sick? Everything in our lives is the opportunity to know God and see him show up. But you only get it if you're led by the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the things of God, the will of God. You don't. You don't. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us through Jesus Christ to influence us, inform us, and to instruct us as we head into a new year in a season of waiting. You're waiting. And as you wait, know there's a gift for your waiting, and that waiting is the Holy Spirit, but how do we allow the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives the way He wants to? I got four, four steps like this. One is to pause. Two, pray. Three, present. And four, pair. Again, one, pause. Two, pray. Three, present. Four, pair. Pause. Pause means to stop before you engage. If you want the Holy Spirit to move in your life, then you got to start learning how to just pause before you say something, before you do anything, before you make any decision, pause and stop. And say, okay, and wait. Don't move anxiously. Don't move out of your emotions. Don't move out of what you think is cool. Don't move because the, the newest book told you to do X, Y, and Z. Pause and then to pray. Communicate your need to him. Communicate your need of the Holy Spirit. We got to know how to talk to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just say, hey, God, do this. Holy Spirit, like, just talk to me. I'm here. I've been here all this time. Talk to me. <laughs> what about me? He's always the, forget- the forgotten God in the, in the, in the trial. And we be like, hey, Jesus. Hey, Yahweh. And Holy Spirit, we don't say anything. Though, but it, he's there for you to say, hey. So you don't pause and pray and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I don't know truly how to respond the right way. I don't really know how to, what the next decision is. Matter of fact, I got a decision, but I don't even know if it's God's decision. I want to walk in God's will. I want to walk in God's plan. Holy Spirit, I need you. So one, pause. Stop before you engage. Two, pray. Communicate your need of him, the Holy Spirit. And three, present. Mean lay before him what's before you. Present me to lay before the Holy Spirit what's before you. Holy Spirit, right now, there's a pandemic going on, and since the pandemic, I got a lot of anxiety. Help me with this, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, my, my marriage look like X, Y, and Z, and this is how I'm feeling about it. I need your help in this. Holy Spirit, I'm single. It's hard for me to fight off this dude because he's so fine or this girl that she got everything I've been praying about. But God, Holy Spirit, I need you. Present before him what lays before you. Holy Spirit, I'm fearful. Holy Spirit, I'm afraid. I feel lonely. I need your love. I need your peace. I need your joy. So pause, pray, present, and then for. Pair, P-A-I-R, then pair, meaning to sync up through surrenderance with the Holy Spirit. We need to pair with the Holy Spirit. And when I think about pair, I want you to think about how your, your phone pairs up with your earbuds. You know how when you want to connect your phone to it, you look on your phone and it says searching for a device and then it syncs up with your earbuds, so you can hear everything and receive everything that's in the iPhone. We need to pair up, hallelujah, with the Holy Spirit so he can communicate to us in our ears and in our hearts and our minds what thus says the Lord. Romans 8 says this. Romans 8, 3, 6, it says, For what the law could not do Since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. Hallelujah. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. Pairing means to live according to. Like he said here in Romans 8. When you pair up, your phone is, is operating according to the, your headphones are operating according to your phone. Whatever's going on the phone is going to hit. in your ears. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. You need to pair up with him so you may walk according to the ways of God. Galatians 5.16 said, I say then, walk by the Spirit. And you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. If, you're, if you want to stay pure and fight off, fight off the, the things of the flesh that are pulling on you and tugging on you moving through you, you need to pair up or sync up with the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Holy Spirit. Walk according to the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25, if you live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. To live paired with the Spirit is to live according to the Spirit, to live with the Spirit, And to walk in step with the Holy Spirit of God. We need the anointing of God. And that anointing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in your life after you repented and given your life to Jesus Christ. Repenting means turn away from this way to follow Jesus, to stop following yourself and following the world and following your thoughts perspective and to follow Jesus Christ and say, I believe you are the way and I believe also that you are the sacrificial lamb that died on the cross for my sins. Then through repentance and believing in Jesus Christ, you will receive the Holy Spirit. So as we continue to move forward in this new season, coming out of a season we just celebrated of the coming of Jesus Christ and his gift we have in Jesus Christ, we we should not forget about the gift we have through Jesus Christ. And that's the Holy Spirit of God. And he told the disciples, I have to go away. He said, but I'm sending you a helper. I'm sending you an advocate. I'm sending you a counselor. I'm sending you. An intercessor, an intercessor, I'm sending you Someone who will guide you I'm sending someone to influence you And instruct you and inform you In the ways of God And they will be your gift And your peace in your waiting. I encourage you One, if you are an observer of Yah And you have yet to receive Jesus Christ As your Lord and Savior You're living a dangerous life but not being guided by God's spirit and not having him in you and most importantly not having Jesus Christ in your life. Everything you see around you on, your, on the television screens, on social media that don't line up with God is not pointing you to God's original design for your life. You want to know love? Go to the one who created it who is love. You want to know how to live prosperous and a peaceful life? Go to the one who has peace, and who is the author of peace. And that's God, and that's Jesus. So if you don't have him, I, I encourage you. He came to give his life for you. This, this celebration, this Advent, was all about reminding us that Jesus Christ has came for us. And you can have him, even in the midst of your brokenness right now. That you're feeling like you're not good enough? Yeah, you're not. None of us are. In the midst of you feeling like, oh, I can't, I can't do everything you want. That's not what he's asking for you. He's not asking for perfection. He's asking for a heart posture of surrenderance. And through your surrenderance and faith in Jesus Christ, you can have life in Jesus Christ. And you can receive the Holy Spirit to guide your life and to lead you into all things that pertain to life and godliness. And you, believer... If you are not living a life to where you're, to where you're trusting the Holy Spirit and, 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 and calling on the Holy Spirit and resting the Holy Spirit and, 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 and believing uh, that God will lead you by his Holy Spirit, I encourage you, stop right now trying to live a Christian life of being a philosopher of Jesus, but, but, but to, to surrender and live a life of being a follower of Jesus by his Holy Spirit. For God has given us this beautiful gift that came through Jesus Christ and it's his very own spirit. The same spirit that gave you life like Romans talk about. Life to your dead spirit. The same spirit that, 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 that says that you are a child of God. The same spirit that intercedes and pray for you when you don't know how to pray. That same spirit is available to you. While you are waiting for your consolation from God, there is a gift. And that gift is is the Holy Spirit of God. So allow the Holy Spirit to influence you, to inform you, and to instruct you into the ways of God. And you give them access to do that. When you pause, you pray. And you present and you pair up with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.